This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. And I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. We are your hosts for the Downtown Lowdown. This is our third special COVID-19 episode, and we are recording this episode via video conferencing as we are all working remotely from our homes during this pandemic. So we apologize in advance again for any issues with the sound quality. Also, we'd like to give a shout out to Mike Boyd with Podcast Atlantic, who records, edits, and posts Downtown Lowdown for us. So he's been great to work with and an excellent technical resource, but during this pandemic, he's been invaluable and incredibly accommodating. So thank you, Mike. Yes, thank you, Mike. We are also going to start this episode with Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Paul is going to tell us about the progress of the Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition, which is the official new name of the group uh, that was formed in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. DHBC is an active member of this economic coalition. Plus, Paul will tell us about the new developments on provincial and federal relief programs. We'll also talk about what's going on with business in downtown Halifax since Nova Scotia has declared a state of emergency on March 22. Other changes include atrium parking and transit during the pandemic, and we'll finish with a list of what downtown Halifax businesses are open and what's open online. And this episode is being recorded on Monday, March 30th, so keep that in mind while listening. The pandemic situation has been developing quickly with new measures and programs affecting businesses implemented by the province almost daily. To keep up to date, you can visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or visit novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. We're going to start this episode with Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Hi, Paul. It's been another busy week with several announcements of economic relief programs on the federal level and provincial level. Uh, Let's start with the federal level. Can you outline what the Prime Minister announced last Friday, which would have been March 27th, uh, in terms of economic relief for small and medium-sized businesses? Sure. Uh, last Friday uh, feels like it was an eternity ago, um, and I, uh, I do know we're expecting some additional announcements. So it's always good, uh, and I know you always remind the, uh, the listeners about when this is recorded, because five minutes from now, there could be changes to, uh, to all these things. But just certainly from a, a general perspective, there's been a series of announcements uh, from the federal level. Um, and, and what's interesting is that in some conversations, uh, particularly today with uh, Sean Frazier, who's um, was a nearby MP, but he's also the parliamentary secretary to the Minister of Finance. Uh, he was able to kind of articulate a little bit of, of the philosophy of the federal government uh, at this point in time, which I think was, was really useful. Um, and certainly one of the things they've been focused on uh, immediately is is really on individual Canadians. That's kind of been where their their initial priorities have been, is, is ensuring that, you know, all Canadians, regardless of, of what's happening with their work environment, um, you know, can have access to, you know, you know, the, the daily necessities, um, you know, paying for food and, you know, ensuring they can cover their, their basic expenses and that type of thing. So a lot of the programs um, to date have been aimed at individuals. Um, but last Friday, the, it shifted a little bit um, and then started targeting businesses uh, much more, which is uh, which is a good shift. I think probably makes a lot of sense to start at the individual level. But certainly part of our mandate is to ensure that uh, our business members uh, are part of these programs. And so the big shift that, that took place uh, last week, which is which is in place now, are they're doing um, the Fed's announced uh, an increase in a wage subsidy program. So they had previously announced uh, a subsidy program which would cover ten uh, percent um, of wage uh, of wage expenses for businesses that qualified, um, and then that was up from ten percent to seventy five percent. And I would stress that 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 happened really because of the feedback from you know business groups uh, across the country. Um, I think the goal really is to say, you know, if if you've 
you know, as an individual, if you've lost your work, uh, there are programs that you can tap into. But if you're an employee, what the government wants to do is they want to encourage businesses to retain their employees, if at all possible. And so by the government covering 75 percent of those expenses for eligible businesses, uh, that's something that, that can really help. Um, so that was kind of the, the, the real big one for business. The other one was just some announcements uh, regarding deferring uh, payments, those such things as as you know, business tax, uh, income tax, uh, HST, GST, some of those things. That's really more about just deferring those payments so that they don't have to be made right away. So certainly some good announcements um, from the federal government um, last week. And as I said, we they're they're continuing to receive feedback, uh, obviously from from Nova Scotia businesses as well as businesses from across the country. And we do expect there will be some more announcements uh, coming. But uh, that's kind of the update. Uh, and again, the there's all sorts of of good material floating around um, on the internet. Uh, lots of groups have done some some summaries. Uh, of course, the the best source is always to go straight to the government pages. Um, but in some cases, they're not as quick to update those pages. It seems to be both at the provincial and the federal level is they, they want to get out with the announcements. Um, and sometimes there's a bit of a delay in getting that information on the website. Um, but but continue to uh, check the website um, for those you know for hopefully the most up to date information. Also last Friday, uh, the Premier of Nova Scotia announced a rent deferral program for small businesses. Can you tell us about that? Yes, so there's been obviously a lot of uh, conversation over the past weekend around the province's programs, uh, and really the, the programs they announced uh, last week were really focused on commercial businesses. Uh, so again, it had been pretty light uh, up to that point, so we were very pleased uh, that there were some programs announced. Uh, again, we're anticipating that these programs will be expanded upon and there'll be new announcements, uh, but um, there's a couple of things that the province put in place. Uh, so one which, which was very important um, was around um, preventing evictions. And so we know that province-wide, the province had stepped in and, and said that uh, residential uh, evictions can't take place over the next couple of months. Uh, that hadn't been extended to any commercial tenants, um, but now has been extended. Uh, and it's still a little bit unclear. It's, it's definitely been extended for those businesses who have had to close uh, because of the public health orders. So in some cases, that's very clear where you know bars were told to close, barbershops, salons. Uh, there's a number of businesses that, that were told by the government to close. And so all those businesses um, would, would fall into that category. They cannot be evicted uh, over the next couple of months by their landlord, regardless of, of rent payment. Uh, it's less clear whether that extends to other types of businesses as well. Uh, there seems to be uh, different differences of opinion on that, depending on who you ask. So, um, uh, but anyway, that's that um, that's something that the, that the province has put in place. The other big part of the program is uh, the province wants to encourage commercial landlords uh, to extend rent deferral programs to their tenants. So essentially to sit down with their tenants and uh, you know let them know they don't have to pay their rent for the next month or a couple of months uh, and work at some sort of deal where that rent can be paid over the, the life of the lease or potentially the rent can be waived. Um, and so the province did a couple of things in regards to that. One, they're encouraging uh, commercial landlords to, uh, to actively uh, work with their tenants. Uh, they provided a standard rent deferral form, which is available on their website, which is which to be used uh, by by both uh, tenants and landlords. It's not it's not meant to be the only thing they they need to do, but it's just meant to make things a little bit easier. Um, and they're encouraging people to register those rent deferral agreements with the province uh, when they're put in place. Um, and by doing that, um, landlords would be eligible um, for uh, extend, getting some extension of credit uh, through a provincial program. Uh, and part of that would be refundable uh, to the landlord if the business doesn't doesn't make those payments um, and uh, and it goes out of business. Uh, so it's really it's it's guaranteeing. Um, I guess it's, it's encouraging landlords to to do a rent deferral program, and then it's guaranteeing them at least some sort of coverage if uh, if there's uh, 
uh, defaulted payments by their tenants. Uh, the other program that was announced was that uh, restaurants are now able to sell takeout liquor, uh, which, of course, was, has, has never been the case uh, in Nova Scotia. That's something several provinces are doing, and Nova Scotia stepped up um, and, and has implemented that as well. And that's really just a, a way to create some new revenue streams for restaurants uh, that have remained open um, and are still in business. So uh, that was something that we had lobbied the government for, and uh, so we're very pleased to see that. And those forms are also available on our website as well. So that's downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. So that's our COVID-19 resource page. So with the rent deferral program, there has been some criticisms from uh, from small businesses about it, uh, that it only helps the landlords and not the business owner because the owner will still have to pay the rent back eventually, but the landlord won't have to pay anything back. Does the program address that at all? There have been two main criticisms uh, of the program that we've been hearing over the past couple of days. Number one is that uh, the program is not eligible for any type of commercial business. Uh, it seems to be limited only to those businesses uh, that were forced to close um, over the uh, because of the public health order that the province has um, uh, has implemented. So it's not it's not across the board. But but we know that for instance that there's you know uh, example a good example would be there's retailers who obviously have been severely impacted uh, by this, but were never have never been forced to close, and so they would be ineligible for this program. Uh, that's not to say they still can't work out rent deferral agreements with their landlords, but um, but the the part of the program whereby the landlord uh, can get reimbursed by the by the government uh, if the business goes out of business uh, that part wouldn't apply. Um, and the other one is is yes, it seems to be uh, weighted towards commercial landlords, and so it's really what's happening is the uh, you know the the commercial tenant they do get to to, to waive their rent or I shouldn't say waive their rent they get to defer payment of the rent uh, for a couple of months, which does help immediately, um, but they still would owe that money to their landlord. And so in many cases, uh, with a pretty uncertain future, they would need to access additional credit um, to then be able to pay off their landlord. Um, but if that business goes out of business, the landlord is guaranteed to get some reimbursement from the government. So uh, essentially the big criticism is that it's a pretty risk-free program for the landlord, uh, but it does require the tenants to be able to access additional credit and take on additional debt. Uh, and many businesses, especially newer ones, um, simply just aren't able to, to handle more debt. They're 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 working on thin margins and uh, and are carrying a pretty high debt load as it is. And so that that's been the big criticism, and I think certainly a, a fair one uh, from a lot of our members. Do you think rent forgiveness is going to be um, coming as a program because of this criticism? Certainly, one of the one of the pieces of advocacy that work that we've been doing right across the country is really encouraging provinces and the federal government to look at rent forgiveness. So, as opposed to a rent deferral program, an actual waiving of rent, uh, whereby it would, it would require the government um, uh, having to actually step in and cover the rent uh, for a number of landlords, or what it may require is is kind of an overall pause uh, to all payments, right? So, not requiring. Um, you know, tenants to make their payments to their landlords, but also not requiring landlords to make their mortgage payments. Uh, kind of an overall pause to the economy, uh, which which has happened in some places. I think Denmark is is one country that's doing that right now. So there's there's a couple of different ways that that could be handled. Um, but that is the I guess the the main criticism or downfall of of the current program is that you know how are businesses able to take on additional debt in the coming months, even if they don't have to actually pay their rent now. So there's a pretty uncertain future uh, in terms of when we'll be back to full business. And so uh, the idea being that there needs to be a really a multi-level, uh, multi-government level effort um, to try and just press pause in the entire economy and with a focus on just trying to keep businesses in business for the next couple of months rather than seeing them disappear and, and having to, to have people start all new businesses um, down the road. So the, the fear is that the rent deferral program uh, is not really geared to do that.
Uh, so Downtown Halifax Business Commission is an, is an active member of the Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition, which is uh, a, a group that talks directly to other business and labor organizations and government. What is its main focus right now, and how can Downtown Halifax business owners and members give their input? So the main focus of that group, uh, which is a group that meets uh, via Zoom call, like uh, seems to be how we do all of our business, uh, even recording podcasts these days. Uh, so the group meets uh, three times a week uh, by a Zoom call on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, it's, it's being chaired by the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. Um, there's probably close to 100 different business organizations. Uh, I think we've estimated that we, that we represent tens of thousands of businesses, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees uh, across Nova Scotia on these calls. Um, so those of us that are active on it, really our, our main goal is to ensure that good information is getting directly into the hands of the government. Uh, so I will say that we have representatives from all three orders of government on all the calls. Uh, sometimes these are, uh, these are uh, political people, sometimes they're, they're staff people, um, and, uh, and with various different kind of, I guess, special guests that, that, that come in. So for instance, today's call, uh, Sean Frazier, who's the parliamentary secretary for the Minister of Finance uh, federally, uh, was on the call. Um, uh, Mayor Mike Savage was on the call on Friday, for instance, and it really is a way for us to get information directly into the hands of government and have a bit of a back and forth. Uh, I guess maybe not dissimilar to the, you know, the very frequent, um, you know, press conferences that Premier McNeil has been holding, where the press can act, ask questions directly. We, as as business representatives, are able to do that uh, with the government officials that are on the calls. Uh, so they've been they've been pretty useful, and and I would say uh, they've been helpful. So you know, as much as there's there's Certainly some well-founded criticism about uh, the rent deferral program from the province at the moment. Uh, as of last Friday, there was absolutely nothing for businesses. So I think it's, it's only fair to say we have had some businesses reach out and say these programs actually are very beneficial to them. Uh, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, but I think it's because of our lobbying efforts that these programs are moving ahead as quickly as possible. Um, and so when... Um, you know, when, when we have tangible suggestions for programs, we, we certainly pass those along. Uh, when there's criticisms of programs, we pass those along as well. Uh, a good example of a change that was made is that in the, the rent deferral program um, that was when it was announced on Friday, there were certain restrictions. So you had to have at least five employees uh, working for you to be eligible to be one of the businesses to access the program. Uh, there was a lot of, of I guess, feedback and criticism of that restriction um, and, and about it being re- unrealistic. So actually, uh, during the call today, that was that was uh, changed. So there's a little bit of policymaking on the fly. Um, and sometimes we'll hear these announcements in advance and can share them with our members uh, as soon as they're happening. So um, obviously not everyone on the call is, is happy about everything that's going on at any one time, but uh, I think they've been very useful at just continuing that conversation with all levels of government. Uh, and I think it's also valuable from the standpoint that you know, the governments all have their own jurisdictional areas, but this is such a big, unprecedented crisis uh, that we need levels of government working together. Uh, and some of these problems, like like managing to, uh, you know, to save our Main Street businesses, probably is going to take an approach that involves all three levels of government. So even having the different orders of government on the call at the same time, I think, is, is really useful in getting them to talk to each other as well. So as part of these calls, certainly we're committed to to passing along member information uh, to the various levels of government and the other organizations on the calls. So you know any business has has questions, obviously they can they can access those web pages, they can reach out to the business commission themselves if they've got suggestions for policy changes or or advocacy points themselves they want to make. We're certainly committed to passing those along. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of information that's flying around. Uh, and what I've been telling people is. Uh, certainly email me anything that you want. That's paul at downtownhalifax.ca uh, or reach out to me on Twitter uh, at downtownpaul. 
Uh, but I would encourage you to, to tag your local officials as well. Um, you know, whether that's your, your local MP, your local MLA, or your local councillor, or ideally all three. Um, there's, uh, I think right now it's safe to say the government actually is hungry to get direct information from businesses and how they're being impacted. It's, it's, this is such a complicated situation that, uh, the more information they get, the better. So, uh, don't be afraid to send us information and, and feel free to, uh, to copy other people on that uh, as you do so. Um, and just in terms of timeliness, again, those calls take place, uh, three times a week, uh, typically at noontime, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So, uh, the best time to get us information is is before those calls. Okay, thank you, Paul. Uh, thanks for all the updates on the federal and provincial economic relief programs. Okay, thank you for having me on. So we were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He can be reached at paul at downtownhalifax.ca, or you can follow him on Twitter at downtownpaul. So Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHBC members to help business through these uncertain times. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, DHBC will be following the directives of Nova Scotia Health Authority and will be asking the businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. We all have a responsibility to do our part in slowing down the spread of the virus. DHBC has a couple of resource pages for businesses and for the public. Uh, so to view the COVID-19 resource page, visit Downtown Halifax halifax.ca slash COVID-19. And to view what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. On March 22nd, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. Police are now authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act related to the self-isolation and social distancing and can issue summary offense tickets for people not adhering to those orders. We just want to reiterate the measures the province will be enforcing. There are to be no gatherings more than five people. Any workplace or business that is not deemed essential or not already required to be closed can remain open as long as two meters or six feet uh, can be maintained, the six-foot distance. Uh, Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Health Protection Act. If Nova Scotians and businesses do not practice social distancing and self-isolation, they will face fines of $1,000 for individuals and $7,500 for businesses. Multiple fines can be given each day if an individual or business fails to comply. Police can also enforce offenses under the Emergency Management Act, for example, fines for charging higher or fair market prices for goods and services. There are also several groups who are essential and exempt from gathering limits. They include, but are not limited to, grocery stores, gas stations, and pharmacies. Restaurants are restricted to takeout and deliveries only, but may include alcohol if the cost of the alcohol is not more than three times the value of the food ordered, and that is effective today, which is March 30th, uh, and this was a new announcement from last Thursday. All drinking establishes, wineries and distillery tasting rooms and craft tap rooms are closed. Private liquor stores can operate and craft breweries, wineries and distilleries can still sell their products from their storefronts. Uh, casinos in Halifax uh, and Sydney are closed and bar owners can no longer operate VLTs. Personal services like hair salons, barbershops, spas, nail salons and body art establishments are closed. All fitness establishments like gyms are closed. Dentists can no longer practice dentistry in their offices unless they deem it necessary to perform an emergency dental procedure in the best interest of the patient's health. Non-regulated health professions such as naturopaths must close. One exception is podiatrists, who must follow the directive related to regulated health professions. To view the full notice, go to novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. 
As always, DHBC will be emphasizing the following messages through social media, our website, and media interviews. So we are telling people to support downtown businesses while staying safe, purchase gift cards now to use later, order takeout via phone or online as much as you normally would. Um, Many restaurants are offering discounts and takeout. Many restaurants are offering free delivery. Many food establishments are no longer accepting cash. Most retailers have online retail presence. Uh, Shop online whenever possible. Uh, Some retailers are offering free delivery. Some businesses are offering online classes and workshops to remain connected to the community. So also you can view this uh, list of open uh, businesses at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. Uh, but Alana will be talking more about that in a little bit later. I just want to go through some of the changes with HRM parking. Um, so with HRM parking, uh, the fees at meters have been waived and hotspot fees will be set to zero until further notice. Enforcement of hourly spaces and monthly parking uh, permits is suspended until further notice. So please note that these steps are an effort to support healthcare workers and residents seeking medical attention. So please be considerate of the duration of your parking. Tickets issued on or before March 19th at noon are still valid and can be paid online or by check by mail. Safety-related aspects of the Provincial Motor Vehicle Act will continue to be enforced. For example, no parking in crosswalks, parking distance from uh, fire hydrant signage indicating no stopping, etc. So now I just wanted to go through a few of the changes for Halifax Transit. Uh, The five-person social gathering limit and two-meter social distancing limit does not apply to Halifax Transit, as stated in the provincial order. Buses and ferries will continue to operate on a reduced schedule. Halifax Transit has taken steps to reduce the spread of COVID-19, including an increased frequency of wipe downs of high-touch surfaces, making the first seat unavailable for riders on buses. This does not impact accessibility uh, seating, also limiting passengers on buses uh, to seated passengers only and limiting the number of ferry passengers to 50 per trip. Riders must continue to board and exit from the rear doors only and are asked to use transit services if necessary. For more information on municipal services during the COVID-19 pandemic, visit halifax.ca slash coronavirus. These were just some of the highlights of the changes and new measures that may affect businesses in downtown Halifax and for visitors or workers downtown. I'd like to take this moment to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Monday, March 30th, so things may have changed since then. So now we're going to go to Alana, who will be outlining some of the uh, businesses that are still open in downtown Halifax or doing online sales and deliveries and and the like. So Alana, do you want to take it away? Okay. Yeah, so as Ivy mentioned, we've been keeping track of what businesses are still open and open online for business during this COVID-19 situation. And again, you can visit our website, which is downtownhalifax.ca slash open for the full list and details. So I'm just going to do a quick rundown here. But before we get into the list, I just want to remind everyone, as Paul mentioned, that restaurants are now allowed to include alcohol purchases with takeout and delivery orders, as long as the alcohol cost is not more than three times the value of the food ordered. And this is, a, is effective as of March 30th, 2020. So I'm going to start with food and beverage establishments that are still open for takeout, pickup, and delivery sales. They include Afrit Restaurant, Boneheads Barbecue, Boston Pizza Downtown Halifax, Broda Jamaican Jerk Joint, Rito Jack's Economy Shoe Shop, Elements on Hollis, which is in the Western Nova Scotian Hotel, El's Bistro, Gangnam Korean Barbecue, Garrison Brewing, Julep Kitchen and Cocktails, Camu Mediterranean Food, 
The French Fix, Mezzo Lebanese Kitchen, Morris East, Piatto Pizzeria, Pizza Girls and Catch Seafood, Roll It Up, Rudy's Catering, Rogova's Pizza, Scanway Catering, Sicilian Pizza, Smokes Patinery, Stillwell Bar, Sweet Tea House, Cafe Teaki 52, Tele Thai, Trident Booksellers and Cafe, The Middle Spoon, The Pint Public House, Verano Food Purveyors, and World Tea House. And I just want to highlight a few things. First, both Gourmandise Avenue Chocolatierie and Russo Chocolatier are both offering free local delivery on orders over $30. So if you're worried about getting your Easter chocolate, you can find them online on social media and make your orders and get ready for Easter. And the Halifax Brewery Farmer's Market has just opened in neighborhood goods stores. It's open Wednesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's located at their location in the brewery, which is at 1496 Lower Water Street, and all the proceeds will go directly back to the producer. So this is also a great way to pick up some local food and fresh produce. So food and beverage establishments that are closed but are offering online purchases include Alexander Keith Brewery, so you can order your beer online for home delivery. Bird's Nest Cafe is selling gift cards and coffee beans for local delivery, as is Weird Harbor Espresso Bar. And you can buy gift cards for Bicycle Thief, Ristorante, Amano, Dabmaritzio Fine Dining, Highwayman Restaurant and Bar, Obladia Wine Bar, The Old Apothecary, The Ville Caffeine Bar, and The Wooden Monkey. So switching over to retail, retail shops that are open and or offering delivery or curbside pickup include Argyle Fine Art, Blossom Shops, The Boardroom Game Cafe, Canuck Trading, Drala Books and Gifts, Inkwell Boutique, Kings Pier Vintage, K. Penton Gallery, which is in the historic properties, Maps and More Travel Store, Taz Records, The Flower Shop, Strange Adventures, The Loop Modern Fibercraft, Twisted Willow, Flowers and Gifts, and Venus Envy. And I just want to mention that Scotia Square is open. The food court is takeout only, and some of the stores are closed. But Lawton's is still open with reduced hours. And they've also adjusted their parking rates. You can visit them online for more information on what is open and closed at scotiasquare.com. Also, Historic Properties is open, but many of their stores are either closed or offering online service. I'd recommend checking online or calling ahead before venturing out to their stores. Their website is historicproperties.ca. So stores that are offering online sales only, so that means that you would get your orders in the mail, include Alexa Pope, Black Market, Cool as a Moose, East Coast Lifestyle, El Mio, Flower Child, Free to Find Jewelry, Lisa Drader Murphy, Northern Waters Knitwear, Nova Scotian Crystal, Skin Decision Jewelry Boutique, Sparkles and Sawdust, Thief and Bandit, and Urban Outfitters. And finally, a few others to mention. The Atlantic Superstore in Barrington is open with reduced hours. They're open daily, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. But from Monday to Saturday, from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., they have a special hour for seniors and others who require extra assistance only to shop. They've also waived fees for online orders for pickup, but it can sometimes take a few days for pickups, so plan ahead and order early for your online grocery orders. And they also have reduced fees for home delivery if you'd rather have your groceries delivered to you. Ben Beauty is still fulfilling orders online. You can buy gift certificates for Captured Escape Room, iHeart Bikes, Life Salon Spa, Sailor Bups Barbershop, Spirit Spa, and The Ten Spot on their respective websites. Haliante Creative Studio is offering four-week online dance workshops in April. You can find them online at haliante.com to register. Neptune Theatre is currently offering their 2020-21 subscription packages for sale, plus single tickets are on sale for a few of their other shows. And they have gift certificates for sale. So you can check them out at neptunetheater.com. And again, you can view this full list with details on our website at downtownhalifax.ca open. 
And I also just really quickly want to talk about some of the family-friendly attractions in downtown Halifax. So all of the attractions in downtown Halifax are still temporarily closed, but you can still enjoy them online. So the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia is featuring daily art from their permanent collection on their social channels. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Art Gallery NS. The Discovery Center has started Bite Size Science. So these are fun educational experiments that you can do from home. You can go to their website, which is thediscoverycenter.ca slash bite size dash science for all the activities. The Maritime Museum of the Atlantic also has some activities and videos posted on their social channels. You can find them at NS underscore MMA on Instagram and at Maritime Museum on Facebook. And you can get to know Canada's ongoing story of immigration from home. Search for and read stories by visiting peer21.ca and searching the collections under research. For more information on what businesses are temporarily closed and more about the COVID-19 pandemic situation, you can always visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. So that concludes our COVID-19 episode of Downtown Lowdown, recorded on March 30th. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or follow Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mm-hmm.